Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. All right, everybody got their donuts ready? Yeah, let's do it. Dude, there's bags. There's like a plate. That's the most <laughs> rank looking donut I've ever seen in my life, but I'm so happy that you have it. I had to make I had to make it. <laughs> Me and Katie made it. And it's, it's not even joking. So it, we, I'm dead serious. Does it, does, it, does it even qualify? Well, I would imagine Cape Course it's not going to have a, a Tim's kiosk, you know, a drive through <laughs> uh, That's the most ranked donut ever. So, oh, my God. Half of it's in the bag. That's such a rookie move. Oh, man, you got a whole lot to learn it, too. Uh, On that note, I'm going to say welcome, everybody, back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is going to be episode 13. But today I have some wonderful people on the podcast. I have special guests. I have Mitch Cook and I've got Josh Cook on the podcast today. And they're on here to be able to talk about a couple of different things. The very first thing they're going to talk about is some rank, disgusting looking donut that Mitch has, <laughs> as well as a, dis- a really good effort at what a donut might look like in Cape Dorset, Nunavut. So we're excited to get this going here, guys. But the real reason, other than donuts, here's the reason we're here. The reason why we're going at this and the reason why we bring this podcast to everybody. It's the First Responder Podcast by First Responders for First Responders. This is the Unreasonable Grounds Podcast. And the reason why we're here is the fact that Mitch is going to be doing an incredible attempt at the Guinness World Record for most uh, chest-to-ground. Yeah, chest-to-ground burpees. Burpees in one hour. Now, that feat alone... The feat itself is going to be absolutely insane, but I have to say what's even more incredible and even more important and and dear to my heart is that actually what Mitch is doing is he's raising funds and awareness for the NPF, that's the National Police Federation Benevolent Fund. So that's going to be raising funds for fallen members' families within the RCMP and members of the NPF. So that alone is an incredible undertaking to be able to bring out that kind of awareness and charity. So guys, I get to welcome you to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. What do you think? Yeah, thanks Thanks so much for having us. Oh, (laughs) this is perfect. We got two brothers on the podcast, probably for the first time. We've had uh, a spouse edition with the support retired legends guys, as well as Aaron as well, too. I got to send my love out to Aaron from that group. But I got to say, this is pretty cool to have brothers because it's going to be a bit of a competition for airtime. I can only imagine I've been talking to you guys for six minutes. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, th- th- first of all, you know, thanks for having us on, Mike. It's it's going to be great to, you know, bring awareness around what I'm doing and, and what I'm trying to achieve with bringing the awareness and raising some funds for the NPF, for the National Police Federation uh, Benevolent Fund. Yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, and thanks that, a lot. And the, oh, yeah, hit it, man. Go ahead, Josh. This, this is, this is sorry, what we do. Sorry, Mike. This is part of the podcast is that we just have fun with this whole thing. It's not perfect, dude. So go ahead. Tell me what's going on at the Cape I Dorset. Appreciate it. No, I really appreciate taking the time to to speak with Mitch, especially, and and to invite me out here to speak as well. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's almost in the negative numbers here in in Dorset. We had our first frost the other day, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's cold, but but it's it's very beautiful up here. I am so jealous, and I'll get over this, and I'm just going to say a few things. You're actually doing what I wanted to do when I actually got out of depot, and I was like, you know what, I want to go up to Nunavut and do that. And it just didn't, it wasn't in the works. And I think I'm thinking about relief work, but that's another day's conversation. Today, 
first thing we do on the Unreasonable Grounds podcast is we kind of go over the rules. And the number one rule of the podcast is uh, don't get me fired. One hundred percent. I have a day job. Uh, obviously, with the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, is what I do. It's it's my job as a peace officer. So that is the number one rule. So we're not going to be talking about anything political. We're not going to be talking about anything controversial. We are here to talk about an amazing attempt and feat that's going to be taking place, and I know it's going to be a successful one. But on top of that, the number one thing we do in this podcast is a tradition, and the tradition is called breaking donut. So today, as we brought, we started earlier. What are we doing? What do we got? Guys, tell me what you got for donuts. Mitch, I'm going to let you go last because, dude, you worked out. I don't know. How many burpees have you done so far in the last like week? Uh, well, last week I did over 1,500. And this week I've already done uh, over 650. But by the end of the week, I would have done close to 2,000 this week. So Get out of here. That donut's going to disappear and it's going to like evaporate <laughs> within your system. But I want to hear, guys, tell me, Josh, what do you got? What do you got on your plate? So this is, this is what I got here. Me and my fiance, we 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 made it. It's cake batter, and then she put like a kitchen roll thing and wrapped it in tinfoil to make the, the the circle. And then we baked. We messed up the the uh, the first one pretty bad. And then this one came out actually really nice. And then I just honestly put a bunch of honey on it and sprinkled the, the things on it. So it looked like a Homer Simpson donut to me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for being in Cape Door, is it? I gotta be honest with you. That's pretty, here. Show me. Show me again. So I want to take another picture here for the uh, yes, for the IG post. Oh, Whoa, don't don't drop it. That's gonna be a floor donut. I can't believe you it's found collapsing. sprinkles. Oh, it's so nasty. But no, and I'm not talking about yours, oh. Josh. I'm talking about Mitch's. Okay, so we, we. I don't even know how many calories are gonna be in yours, Josh. But Mitch, tell me what you got and tell me what you did to it. Well, you know, I went to Tim's this morning. And picked up a, a nice, I was looking forward to a nicely, you know, beautiful looking Boston cream when they put it in the bag. And, and now I've pulled it out and kind of lost, you know, most of the, the chocolate frosting, which is which is left inside the bag. But I think looks like they might have gone a little bit light on the cream, if I'm, if I'm being honest. So, Tim's, you got to step up your game. But <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> we if you've listened to any of the episodes of the podcast, we always say is that. Tim Hortons is the OG. They are the OG donut makers in Canada. They are the ones that put it out, mass produced it before any of these Krispy Kremes and all the rest of those guys showed up. Thank God Dunkin' Donuts isn't here because we'd all be in trouble. But you know what? You just get what you get. Uh, You know, a Tim Hortons donut is a five. At the best of times, unless you get like the Boston cream with just perfect crispy break off chocolate on the top, like they know what they're doing. Spoken from a guy that used to make those donuts. You can make them really well. <laughs> the thing that you got there is over-oiled, but it doesn't matter because you're going to be doing over a thousand burpees here pretty soon. Oh, yeah, it's so nasty. Look at that yeah. thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so this is what we do in the podcast. We go and break donut. Let's do it, guys. Let's cheers this whole thing. I'm going to say I got my double chocolate donut from uh, from uh, whatever this is, Tim Hortons, and uh, let's do it. Let's break donut. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. One of the best parts of the podcast Ooh, yeah. is that we get to have the chance to go and talk with food in our mouths. I'll tell you what, yeah. though. It does taste quite nice. I haven't had one in, in a long time, but... Yeah, because you, you can do over a thousand burpees in a week. <laughs> I wouldn't assume you're going there after your workouts and knock down a couple <laughs> of long johns, but not long. They're not long johns. <laughs> oh, you're really going to town on that, Mitch. That's probably your dinner, isn't it? You're counting your calories. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into that, but I do count my calories, so... If you want to know how many calories are in that donut, I can. I got you. It's a Boston cream. I think it's five forty-five, yeah. isn't it? No, it's it's unreal. Well, according, according to their uh, according to their app, it's only two twenty. So, <laughs> oh come on! Ah, 
I kind of feel like it's more than that, but they say it's 220, so. Their, their sausage wrap is something like, I can't remember, it was like 700 calories. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's the hashy in the middle. I'm literally living off water right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to cut like Mitch. Mitch really inspired me when I was back because uh, I was just back on the island there for my little vacation. And and he, he was just, it's just amazing what he's, he's, he's doing and. And it and it kind of woke me up a little bit and put needed needed to get myself back into the shape I used to be in because I I was in very good shape not not as good as Mitch for burpees but for hockey I was in really really good shape so and he's he's pushed me to to make that new goal to drop down to what I used to be nice yeah I, I had the yeah. uh, the RCMP weight gain I was at uh, two eighty well we're getting close to two eighty and then I'm down down to two hundred five so. I, I, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I ended up That's having awesome. that horrible stuff. So very happy with the weight I'm at right now and, and athletic wise doing running and all the rest of that. But basically what I want to do, guys, is I kind of want to get into this with you, Mitch. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, we'll talk about that first. Josh will do the same. But let's start with Mitch. Yeah, so uh, I, was, I was born in, funny enough, I was born in England. You know, I lived in, in England with my family for, uh, for the first six years of my life. Uh, we all, all four of us, me, Josh, mum and dad, we emigrated to um, Canada and we moved to Kelowna where uh, we spent, you know, a good chunk of chunk, chunk of time. We spent a little over, I think, 10 years there growing up. You know, I was always a big hockey player, played other sports, but hockey was, was kind of always the one that, you know, I guess I, I guess you could say I took, you know, most seriously. And and at one point I, it was definitely, you know, what I wanted to do with 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 a career. But I haven't don't play hockey anymore. I stopped that about uh, a little over four years ago, I believe. Um, but I've always kept up with my fitness and and uh, nutrition. Yeah, it's a little bit about me, I guess. Nice. All right, Josh, hit me with it. Uh, I was born in in Kelowna, BC, but raised in England. So I, I I moved to 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 England when I was two years old, and then we moved back in two thousand and six when Mitch was six, and to, to for me and Mitch to kind of pursue our hockey. And for the better, honestly, the more, I'd say the more options of kind of the lifestyle that, that a young person can, can choose to, to, to take in, in Canada compared to England. And yeah, I played hockey um, at various levels. I represented Great Britain and played junior hockey all across North America, which was awesome. And then became an RCMP member. And I, I went through depot, but starting in uh, January of 2020. And I was one of the troops that was affected by the coronavirus. So I was actually a cadet for 11 months, if you can believe that. Uh, without getting back troops, I will add. And we graduated December 21st of last year. And I've just finished my RFT two months ago. So now I'm, uh, I'm on uh, the, you know, the, the, full, the full-fledged constable until probation is done in a couple of years or whenever that, that is. And that's the important part of the podcast. We make sure that A, we don't get me fired. B, we don't get you fired. And we don't get Mitch in any trouble yeah. either. So... <laughs> <laughs> on that point, a little bit close here. I've, I've also spent close to 11 months at depot. I went twice, got home because of an injury and came back again, did the whole oh. thing over again. So I feel you, man. It's a lot of time in Regina. You get to know the place a little yeah. bit too well. But that being said, that's pretty cool about the whole hockey thing. And both of you were hockey players and I, I played hockey as well. Uh, obviously, Mitch, first time media, but Josh has been schooling me out on the ice a couple of times. He came out and just absolutely <laughs> tooled me. He went bar down like, I don't know, probably eight times of one game, made me look like a fool. 
but uh, I'm excited. It's really cool about having to go to Cologne, especially with the Rockets and all the opportunity to be able to get involved with those minor hockey associations. And then going back, having the opportunity, because I, I know, Josh, you had the opportunity to go back and play for Great Britain as well, too, and at least playing in that type of level of hockey as well, right? Yeah, no, it, it was honestly, I mean, Kelowna was, was such a hockey hub. I mean, we coming over from Canada, I had no idea what, oh, sorry, coming over from England, I had no idea what to expect. And, and it's amazing that there's so many opportunities. And, and I think that's being, being part of a team and, and, and being, you know, able to, to be involved in the community is, is what kind of pushed me towards being a police officer as well and, and wanting to be involved in the community every day and, and helping better people's lives. And also being a leader for, for those who are struggling and that maybe have gone down the wrong path. And yeah, we touched on, on, on hockey and, and how it's been a huge part of our lives. And, and I also, me and Mitch run a, a non-profit coaching organization called Consistency Coaching that, that uh, we, we, we run as well. And, and that, that works very closely with the RCMP as well. Yeah, just that connection between hockey and then obviously as the brother connection goes, you guys both have the hockey and then we've got, it's little brother, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm 21, so I'm 21. There you go. So, so even then, I'm the little brother in my family. So, dude, I totally get it. We got little brother coming into his own. He's got this huge event coming up. Mitch, if I can just kind of get into it, can you tell me a little bit about the current record and what's going on right now with that? Yeah, you bet. I'll, I'll kind of start to dive into it. So, just to recap, the you know the record I'm trying to beat is uh, is most Chester Ground burpees in one hour in 60 minutes. Um, the current record is held by Cassiano Lorento. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, world champion. Um, he, he lives in Singapore, and he currently holds the record, which is 951 in 60 minutes. That's insane, dude. And I had the opportunity to be able to go on YouTube, and we talked about it a little earlier in the Instagram live video that we did. I had the opportunity to be able to see a little bit of that attempt, at least the what they have, the small clip of it, opposed to the one that's in Canada where you can watch the whole thing. And just to see the pain and agony that that guy was going through. I mean, obviously, yeah. as a as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, a, a, you know, fighter and, and, and just master, I was just blown away by his focus that he was going through. So, you know, with that record, how does this whole thing work with the records and that? Because here you are, you're going to be doing this on Vancouver Island, obviously during COVID, but I know there are some rules with the world records through Guinness. How does that work for you? Yeah, so basically when when you want to break, you know, any kind of record or or for me, it's obviously this fitness record, you basically have to send an application and with within your application, you kind of got to break down first off, you know, what record you're going to try to beat why you want to beat it, uh, why you would want to try to, you know, attempt to beat it, what you're going to do in preparations. You kind of have to, you know, write, write a couple paragraphs and breaking down your kind of preparation of, of your training and, and, how, and how you're going to, you know, attempt to break that record. And then you got to break down the why. And it's quite an extensive process, really. But I guess the reason I do that is so that, you know, you don't waste their time because every time you send an application in, you know, it has to get reviewed. And I know they get something something stupid like 10,000 applications a week so they they really have to be you know going through so i guess that so, so you don't so you're not wasting their time you know it's quite extensive but when i sent the application off which is quite a few months ago now it would have been uh, i think at least 4 months ago the current record was actually held by um, Nick Anaposki in Canada, Ontario, and that he broke the record. And so his the number when I first applied was 879. So you know when I when I was going into this, I had the mindset of oh 879 is the number and and whatnot. But 
you know, as as time went on and my application got approved, the record then got broken, which is now uh, 951, and that's held for a good couple months. So, uh, so I'm definitely gonna, you know, be the next one to break it. That's for sure. But I have a bigger goal as well, which is obviously, you know, to to break that thousand mark. I want to be the first person to to break that a thousand mark, and and uh, I'm hoping, you know, to get tons of eyes on this so that we can raise some serious awareness for the National Police Federation uh, Benevolent Fund. And really, uh, you know, try to give them a boost as they're quite a new organization. Yeah, this feat itself is, again, and I'm going to keep saying this throughout the episode, I'm absolutely just uh, gobsmacked by the idea that, you know, a thousand burpees going through this, the pain cave that you're going to have to go into to be able to deal with that. And and obviously, I'm a fan of uh, ultra running in that. And they always talk about people like uh, ultra runners, like Courtney DeWalter talks about the pain cave. You talk about, uh, and Goggins talks about the pain cave and what it means to really get, get into those areas. And we're really going to have the opportunity to be able to talk to that in a little bit, but it's just something that just my mind can't wrap around it just yet as to what's going to happen for you during that attempt. But whose idea was it actually to come up with this whole thing? Well, uh, it, it was definitely my idea when it comes to the actual, you know, me breaking the world record. But um, how, how I came about with choosing, you know, the benevolent fund for the NPF was, you know, when I first sent my application in, there's a, there's a box you have to fill out. Is this for a charity or are you going to be raising money? And at the time, you know, I, I'd considered doing it for a charity, but I haven't really been tied to any charities or anything in the past. So I kind of just, uh, I checked it because I knew I wanted to raise money for something, but I wasn't too sure what yet. So once my application got accepted, I reached out to Josh and I said, you know, I told him about it. And I said, do, do you have any ideas? I, I would love to do something around the RCMP. At that point, I didn't really even, to be honest, know about the NPF or anything the benevolent fund that that was all i just didn't know that so we started googling and josh reached out to a couple of his connections and then we uh we got on the phone we spoke to one of the uh board members there and then we've we've been talking back on zoom uh, a couple times now and yeah so josh was kind of the the inspiration and and helped me you know get the benevolent fund behind me which is great so, Josh, how, how did that whole thing come up? Like, obviously, you're a member of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, a member of the NPF, as all new members are and everybody else is. So how did this whole thing come about? You obviously had that conversation with Mitch, but what, what was that? Yeah, I was sitting at work one day, having, having you know, one of those days, and Mitch, uh, Mitch fired me a text and, and um, said that, you know, I, he, he was doing this amazing feat. And first of all, I thought, well, blimey, I can't even do, like, 10 burpees in one minute, let alone a thousand in, you know, one hour. So it's pretty, pretty like it struck me like, like it really kind of wipes you off your feet when you first hear it. And then Mitch said he wanted to raise money for, you know, for the RCMP. And, and I, and I immediately, my mind immediately went to the MPF because they came to talk to me or talk to my troop. And they talked to every troop now at depot on, on their, on the last week, which is really cool. Because you get to know like members that have been been in the RCMP and that they then have broken off to help start this union that supports members because we need that support. And Mitch asked me if I if, if I if I knew of anything and I and I I uh, knew I have a good I I guess he, I would call him my friend but I know him through the MPF. His name's Jeff Swan and and he he he's been helping me just my first couple like obviously moving out to none of it was a was a rare thing for a cadet so. He helped me with a lot of stuff and, and I reached out to him and then he put me in contact with 
another contact and then then we then we found out about the benevolent fund and it just kind of grew and um you know once once like it is in our family and and by that i mean the blue line you know if you need help and you and and you ask for help then someone's going to help you someone's going to reach out to, to pick you up so the the so i asked for help with finding the the fundraising and and it, and it spread like wildfire people helped me out and it, and um it came about and we got an awesome interview they they even came over to to interview Mitch and and myself when I was back home so yeah it was it was a really neat neat process to see how you know everyone's working together and towards this common goal that's fantastic. I'm so excited to hear that the MPF, you know, has stepped up, has come out there, has really poured themselves into this, just like you've poured yourself, obviously, and Mitch and Josh, you supporting him into this attempt and to the actual fundraising efforts as well. I mean, it's just, it's pretty incredible when you think about it. Another thing that's absolutely incredible, and I couldn't even think about it, would be the physical preparation that's going to come along with this, Mitch. Like, I, I, we talked about the whole 1,000 or 1,501 week burpees for a training method. What is this preparation? How is, what has this been looking like so far for you? How long have you been doing this for for prep? Well, uh, you know, like I've always been, you know, a very fit person growing up. And, and, and I would say that in the last two years, I've kind of really, you know, really kind of stayed at the top of my game for fitness and, and, and whatnot and for strength. But, you know, when, you, when you're training for something like this, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's strange because, you know, it's not like you just got to focus on, you know, one, one area. When, when you're looking at the burpees, you really have to kind of break it down and pull it apart because there's so many different components that go into it, whether it be, you know, your chest strength, your shoulder strength. And it's, when I say strength, it's not just, you know, pure strength, it's strength. And then as the duration of the hour goes along, it's, it's endurance. So it becomes not only a strength a strength movement but also an endurance movement and then you you got to multiply that over all the different aspects that's that's being moved your legs as well your your hamstrings your quads your glutes your calves and and then and then you got to add on top of that your cardiovascular system as well right so i'm i'm in now obviously i've since i've transitioned my training specifically to to break this record um i'm in week uh 14 i think this is now of you know, specific training for the burpees. Now, obviously, before the the fourteen weeks, I was still, you know, I still still going to the gym four or five times a week. So it's not like I'm I'm someone that's you know was unfit and then now I'm trying to take on this attempt. You know, it's it. I've had I've had a very solid foundation, and now I'm just kind of building off of that fitness foundation to to try, hopefully you know uh, beat this full record. But maybe I'll, shall I break down kind of how I structure my week and and whatnot. It's, just hit yeah. us with it. Let us know because this is one of those things where I can only imagine the amount of the work up to it. And like you said, it's not like you just like wake up and you're going, you know what? I'm going to take on the most, I don't know, bounces of the ball off my forehead in, you know, in four <laughs> days kind of thing. And you're not just going to take that type of feet on. This is something that obviously, like you said, you have a fitness regimen that has been, you know, a very important to you, a big part of your life. Obviously, Josh was mentioning about hockey in the past, coaching, all the rest of that. So yeah, break it down if you can into a little bit into your experience with it and then what you've been doing so far. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, I'll say one thing that when I was when I was younger and being, you know, the younger brother to Josh, um, as Josh mentioned, he said that, you know, Josh, Josh said he was in, you know, whatever he said, good shape. Well, Josh wasn't in good shape. He was in excellent shape when he was younger. Humble he, brag. He to, that's, a, that's a humble yeah. brother brag right there. <laughs> he, Josh used to, you know, go to the, or do like three workouts a day. 
and whatnot when he was when he was in his super super you know training for for his highest level of hockey. So when when I was younger and I was seeing that you know that kind of put things into into perspective that you know if you want something you really have to work at it. And and I, I used to remember Josh always used to you know plan out his workouts and and really it wasn't just like Josh went to the gym and you know would do a couple exercises and leave he he was there and he was there and he had a purpose and it was almost like a mission you know it was every time he went he was going to do to do something and and he wasn't going to leave there until that was finished so i think that kind of foundation is is kind of what has you know helped me get to where i am today obviously my training is different than than, than josh's but i will will say that that definitely i have, I have a very good foundation i think i kind of have to thank josh for that for sure from from when i was younger and whatnot so hey, so no, i appreciate that mitch oh, yeah, hey, you got you got your big brother sitting there he's blushing a little bit i can see some rosy <laughs> cheeks he's just beaming with you know pride as his little brother's going at this whole thing and throwing him a whole bunch of props at the same time i love seeing it it's awesome so tell me and again mitch tell me a little bit about your experience and your history with the burpee though like, when, yeah. was, when, when was the first time you knocked out a burpee? Can you remember when the first time you knocked out a burpee? I can't remember the first time, but I I, I used to remember that. that I've been boxing, I, Mitch. Yeah, we remember yeah, boxing we did, in Kelowna. Yeah, we did we did some boxing in Kelowna. Now, mind you, I was only ten or eleven probably when we went, but yeah, we I remember we we did some some definitely burpee variations there, and and then throughout hockey as well. It's it's quite a staple of you know. A, an exercise that everyone hates but you know I, I I've always had kind of good cardiovascular strength I would say so I've I have always enjoyed doing burpees whenever you know if we if, we, if the team if the hockey team was given a workout and I saw burpees on there it, I would be like yeah I, I like that because I knew everyone else hated them so I kind of knew that like that was like my secret weapon almost that if it was doing it for time that when it came to that exercise I know I would excel at it so that's kind of my you know, my, my history, if you want, or, or whatnot with burpees. Nice buddy. And because usually when you talk to people about doing these types of feats, the very first thing they say is that, you know, you know, whatever the activity is, or wherever the event is, whatever the attempt might be, they're like, oh, they did it since they were little kids. They did this, you know, as the, you know, if it's the most, you know, arm pull-ups, if it's the most, like the longest run or whatever it might be, they've had these types of things forever. But it sounds like this was just obviously given it's a burpee. It's just a, it's a fitness exercise, right? But a very difficult one at that. But you just kind of like, you found it, you liked it. It was something that you grew up with a little bit. Like you said, you kind of challenged yourself with it. And you're probably the only person I've ever heard in my entire life that was like, yeah, that was like, if I had a superpower, <laughs> it would be the burpee. Could you imagine that anybody actually saying like, hey, man, like uh, if you were a superhero, you'd be like burpee man. Yeah, burpee man. <laughs> well, we got, I, I, I just never forget. I remember like, you know how it is at Depot when you, you had a bad room inspection or something and they made us like do 50 burpees in a row and like, I was I was absolutely drained, and it took me like probably half an hour. You know, it's it's it, it, it. I watched Mitch. I counted Mitch. I think he did three hundred or five hundred for a workout one that one day when I was back, and I was clicking the little thing every time because he has to keep you have to keep count. And I was like, I think I just lost count. <laughs> but you just just keep do a still do, do a quick double click, and it's actually insanity for what 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 he does. Like you you he'll get this like pool of sweat on the on the on the on the mat and then he'll slide his arms out and it'll and it literally like it creates 
like it's like a little stream <laughs> so it's easier for him it's like little things like that that you, you, you you're giving like away my crazy secrets. crazy things <laughs> yeah the, the secrets are coming yeah. out the you know yeah. the hidden hacks of how to do a thousand burpees in one hour are totally me catching up here but uh <laughs> so on that point you obviously talk about that there's going to be sweating there's going to be because i saw in those other videos the guys were absolutely drenched those mats were done like if they could have brought out a squeegee they probably would have been filling about five or six different buckets filled with just sweat. So with that, obviously, there has to be some kind of dietary regimen that you're also following. So was there any real great success when it came to one particular diet towards another? Or was this something, like you said, you've been building towards this with coaching and just fitness over the years. Was this something that you had to go into and change that diet? Or is this something you've just been maintaining? Well, well it's funny you should say that because... You know, and I think this definitely plays to, to one of my strengths. I'm actually in the midst of taking a nutritional consulting diploma program. So um, it's a two and a half year program, uh, about a fifth of the way done. But, that you know, that's really helped me in the sense of, you know, learning from what I've learned already, I can implement into my training. Now, I know, uh, I'm sure, you know, there's everyone has all these fad diets and everything, but, and, and, and I, I've tried, you know, multiple of them as well, but for the last... I think it's coming on for four years now. I have actually, I count all my calories, literally. Like I know I have an app on my phone called Chromometer and I literally keep track of every single thing I eat. I have a scale that I weigh out all my food. So I do a bunch of meal prep. So when it comes to the nutritional aspect, it's kind of, I haven't really had to change much in the sense of what I'm eating because I've always been a very healthy person. However, I will say that I have had to change the quantity of the amount of food that I have to eat because or before, I break, before I break that down, maybe I'll break down how I structure my week because that kind of leads into the nutritional aspect. Yeah. So, so basically, I look at the week, Monday to Sunday. For me, and uh, as I've kind of amped up my training, you know, because every week I'm getting closer and closer. So I kind of look at it as Monday, Wednesday, Friday are the days that I focus more towards the actual burpees themselves. And then, so Monday I started off with um, usually a burpee circuit, which will consist of usually three different exercises, um, one of them being the burpees themselves. Sometimes two of the three will be the burpees themselves. And within that circuit, I will complete between the lowest I would probably do is about 400 all the way up to 700. And I kind of break it down in the sense of it's all about time. Like with, with, with the burpees, it's all about about time because you're racing against the clock to try to fit as many in so i have my paces that i know that the numbers that i have to hit and i know if i get to this number mark that and and i can continue to do that i know that i'll be on track come that 60 minute mark so i do one of those basically on monday wednesday friday and then on monday and friday in the evening i also do a strength session and tuesday is dedicated to just uh, pure strength and then on Thursday, I do a skipping and recovery kind of cardio workout, lots of stretching. And then on Saturday is another kind of recovery day. And then Sunday, I, I sit on the couch all day and, and can't feel my legs. <laughs> and, eat donut, and, and eat donuts, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, and, eat, and eat donuts, yeah. You're just, like, you're just sitting there with a box of like that 40 box of Timmy, Timbits. <laughs> and you're like, no, I just want an entire 40 box of just yeah. chocolate Timbits. <laughs> you're like leave me alone anybody comes in you're like lights are out you're just watching yeah you're bi netflix you're binging something oh yeah you're binging netflix <laughs> you've got something on like piggy blinders or like something's on yeah. and then you're just like <laughs> leave me alone mum or dad comes in josh comes in you're like dude 
you're out and you're just huddling over that box of 40 (laughs) timbits i could only imagine that's what i'd be doing if i was knocking out like even if it's like 1300 burpees in a week like i couldn't even fathom thinking about doing that now and i'm trying to break it down in my head i'm like that would include you know every single day like 250 300 and i'm like no it's just not gonna happen you know like i can only (laughs) equate it to and especially because you're talking about obviously your ramp up you're going to be scaling you scale for you scale up you scale back especially coming into the attempt i can only imagine uh you're going to be scaling back quite a bit you know i use the same method when i'm going to be running into a marathon half marathon and you have to go to those distances you're not necessarily going right up to the full uh you know the mileage that you're going to be doing i'm not going to be running and training up to a full marathon i'm only going to get up to maybe 31 32k and then you just use that sheer you know grit and you know whatever that internal mechanism is that's going to push you past that whether it be passion whether it be just straight up courage and bravery to go and push past what you think is possible but in this case is that very similar to what you're doing and what you're going to be looking at going forward in the next following weeks yeah yeah basically you know i i have a fitness watch quite an expensive one that i actually bought and kind of as an, as an investment to to keep track of my calories because I needed something that, you know, can tell me my heart rate and my breath per minute and everything. And, and, uh, when, when I do these burpee workouts on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, after I'm, after I've completed the workout, my watch always tells you, you know, an average recovery time. And, and usually the watch says between three to four days for average recovery time. But, but, you know, I kind of just, I, I have to disregard that because, because I know that, you know, in the evening I'm going to do another workout. So when it comes to, recovery and whatnot recovery is very important to me and i think one of the reasons that i'm able to you know fit so much into my week i'm sure some people say oh you're overtraining you're gonna burn out but i don't i don't think i will because of my experience and it's not like i've just jumped out of the gate and now i've all of a sudden doing this i've I've gradually increased over the the months and months you know of preparation up to this and recovery is huge to me i do you know i do at least probably 20 to 30 minutes foam rolling each day I do an excellent warm down and cool down. I have ice baths, uh, Epsom salt and baking soda baths for the for the muscles. I have a hot tub, you know, thankfully here as well that, that I can relax in on, on my off days. So recovery is huge to me. And I think that enables me to be able to push myself to, to definitely the limits that, that I'm doing right now, along with getting the proper nutrition. And like on some days I have to eat over 4,000 calories. When, when I'm doing two workouts a day, I have to eat over 4,000 calories. Otherwise, I know that I'm going to start to be, you know, losing muscle and then strength, which which I can't have right now. So it's it's sometimes I'll look at food and I think I really got to eat that, and <laughs> which which is funny to say because most people, you know, that they but when you really are experiencing and you're burning so many calories, it's it food becomes a little bit, you know. A little bit, uh, what's the word? Not, not enjoyable sometimes. Yeah, like what? I know when I get off this call, I still have another over a thousand calories to consume before I go to bed. So, it's and that's the fatigue part of it, right? You get then to that mental fatigue, and that's something that we want to walk into. But like you said, it's not just the the physical fatigue that your body's going to be going through. It's not just you know the the muscles wearing down, the muscles going to bed, going to sleep, so to speak, and obviously just maybe cramping up and and you know having that soreness that's there. But if we look past that, and obviously Josh, you would have a lot to say in this too, is you guys work together on the coaching side as well. 
But how about, let's talk a little bit about the mental fatigue that might come into this and how the mental game plays in now. And like I said, because you guys have that coaching background, Josh, what did you see with Mitch and what he's going through? And what advice have you given him with regards to the coaching side of this whole thing? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the the biggest thing that I've always kind of hammered home to Mitch is that you can control any situation you're put into. It's all in, it's all in your mind. So if, if you, if you're going to let something consume you, then it'll consume you. But if you can say, right, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do all these burpees. I'm not going to stop for, you know, for until I've, I've finished the job and then you'll do it. And yeah, they asked that it might be difficult and yes, you might want to, you know, stop and have and quit. But if you can tell yourself, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm a man of my word is a big thing that me and Mitch have been bought up and our family's been bought up and you know i i when i say i'm going to do something i jolly will do it and um and that's kind of what i I think that i've hammered home to mitch and and our parents have also hammered home to us that if you say you do something you're going to do something you better do it because you're a man of your word and and if you if you don't have your word then then what do you have and, and I think Mitch, you're you're super fortunate to be able to have a family such as this, to have Josh there in, in your corner, have your family there in the corner as well too. Now, with that being said, what kind of steps have you taken so far with the whole mental side of this and, and walking into this type of attempt? What where was your head with that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, like I said, you know, like when I first looked at it, I kind of thought, okay, you know, burpees, interesting. Okay, well, I have always been good at them, but. And then I, I've I've never you know I've never taken on such a challenge that that has tested me so so much not only physically but but like you say also mentally, and and it's strange like obviously I've done you know these super long sets within the hour and a couple when when I do these really long sets you, you, there there becomes a point where you're just you're like your shoulders and, and your legs you just there's like all these little walls it's really strange like you know at first your muscles start to hurt. And then once they start to hurt, then they become to get really tired. And then, you know, like I've read many fitness books and kind of motivationals, mo- motivational books and whatnot. And, and you know, David Goggins, as, as I think, you know, you know him and his, his incredible book. Um, have you read that book? Absolutely. I've got my yeah. copy. I think I've got it out on loan to like probably 10 people already in the last year. Yeah. 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 It's insane. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, when when I read that, that was probably two years ago, and, and it kind of put everything into perspective from what I thought was difficult, and and I've always been one to push myself to, to limits and whatnot, but I never really understood what he meant, you know, when when you kind of you hit that wall, and if you just push past that wall, it's incredibly hard. But then, he, like he says, there's this like this this lovely kind of like you're in it, and you're just kind of it's it's very strange, and it's very hard to describe. But, it's it's almost I, I, euphoric. Like he always says, it's almost like euphoric. You get it. Yeah. Like, we talk about that, that, that runner's high for him. It'd be the runner's high short of the whole mm-hmm. Navy SEAL stuff. But for this type of exercise high as well too, I, I can only imagine it must be that like, especially when you're going through such a cardiovascular uh, test on your yeah. body, it must be exactly. Is, is that something similar to that? Yeah. I mean, I, I have done super long runs as well you know, but I, I have never felt it apart from when I've been doing these burpees. And I think it's just because I pushed myself to such an upper limit that I've, I've eventually kind of broken through that wall. And then you kind of go into this like state where it's like, you just, you just don't stop. You just keep going. And and you know that like, you know, you you think sometimes when I'm in that kind of state, you think, you think five minutes ago, I felt like I was done. And, 
and then now I feel like I've I'm so fresh. It's really strange, and and I think that comes back to like the mental part. I think it's all mental. If you if you're able to push through those walls, and you know every time you hit a wall, just continue to keep going. I think it, it's that kind of weird euphoric state that that you're able to kind of fall into that that can help that can help you. I guess right. It's 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 hard to describe if if you if you're not into that kind of or haven't you know experienced it right. Yeah, it's a have to be there and have to go through it kind of thing to really to describe it well enough so that others really understand where that is. No, I I totally get that. I I get it with the runs. I mean, obviously, I was never a runner when I was growing up and I just kind of picked it up late in life. But going to the full marathon distance and working through cramps, working through, you know, the fact that I'm I'm not making the time I want to make, but I just keep pushing through. And I'm getting passed by like 80 year old grandmas, you know, they were awesome, you know, to chirp, to chirp me as they go by to tell me, let's go, Sonny, come on, you can pick it up. Let's go, let's go. I'm like, Jesus, grandma just beat me. But, you know, in the same kind of thing, I just felt that once you push through it and you got to like the 35 K mark and you're just like, you're in that zone, you're, you're through it. You're not thinking, it's like you're in an entirely different wavelength that nothing else matters around you. And then you're yeah. just going for that goal, which is finish line. And for you, I imagine this is going to be 1,000 burpees. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I can definitely. only imagine as you get to that, and Josh could probably pipe in on this one as well too with any kind of feats that he's been through, walking up to that 1,000, as you get up to that 1,000, I can only imagine the feeling of elation and just excitement, and but as well as a little bit of fear, right? In the fact that, you know, the challenges I've seen on YouTube as well too, there were these issues with the rules, Obviously, when they're doing the Guinness World Record attempts, they're sitting there and they're watching form. They're making sure that everything is there. The judges are aware of what's before them, and they're going to call you out on that. So yeah. has that ever been a mental block and something that you're training to defeat right now? And what are you doing right now to be able to defeat those things and to, to kind of get past those challenges? Are there any techniques that you've taken on, such as like meditation uh, you know, uh, sports psychologist, uh, you know, anything like that. What, is there anything like that you're taking on? Well, well, it's funny you say that because I mean, I've always, I've always thought the breath and breathing to be a very kind of interesting and, and kind of, you know, advantage. And when I, when I was playing hockey, I had a neurology coach and, and he, his kind of style of training was, was nothing like I had experienced before. He was actually in the army as well so he kind of had that you know kind of grit about him as well but his style of training was was all to do with with the mind and with the eyesight and there was all these eye drills with pens I was doing and and then he kind of got me onto this breathing this he started to tell me a little bit about breathing and and this was probably you know seven years ago now and uh and you know I was very interested because I'm always looking for that advantage at that time it was you know hockey and, and now it's it's the burpees and and I've read I think now I think three different books or sorry I've read two different books I'm on my third to do with you know breathing and the respiratory system and it it, it is crazy I have a um, a little breathing apparatus it's about I would say for about four inches and you put it in your mouth and you can it, you can adjust the you know how much air it lets in and I've been doing that now for the last five five and a half years I think. Um, in the last two years, I've done it, you know, very consistently, and and that's one of the advantages I believe I have is that I've I've strengthened my lungs to the point where I can I can really endure lots of cardiovascular stress. 
and then you know with 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 me reading more of these books i've come on to nasal breathing and how important that is and i won't get i won't go down too much of a rabbit hole because i'm going to stop talking about it but but it's yeah I, i feel like the breath is is a very secret advantage of of mine that i'm bringing into this attempt i feel like that's one advantage i have but when it comes to the burpees themselves the way it's structured is there's basically two lines um, on your mat when you're performing them. And the distance between the two lines is half half of your height. So for everyone, obviously, it's going to be different. For me, I'm bang on six foot. So the distance between the two lines is three feet. Um, and basically, you start basically um, with your chest down, your arms out to the side, and your arms will come into the kind of the push-up position. You'll push up, and then your feet will follow you forward to the first line. And you'll jump off the ground. And now there's no certain distance um, of height that you have to come off of the ground because it'd be too hard to measure. You just have to completely leave the ground with your chest coming up so you can't be hunched over. You then, Your then feet in one motion have to travel back behind the line, which is behind the three feet. And then you have to go down to the push-up position and push your arms back out to the side. And then that's basically one complete rep. So the, what I've done is the mat that I'm training on, that I've been training on for the last, you know, three, two and a half, three months, is I've, I've made it an inch and a half bigger. So I'm actually clearing more of the distance because what I don't want is I don't want to get to the day and then be, you know, in my mode and then, excuse me, you know, having ineligible reps where my toes aren't completely crossing the line. So when I come to the day, obviously, that, that you know the two lines are going to be three feet they're not going to be three feet inch and a half so so that's one advantage as well that i'm kind of you know consistently training with along with i've implemented you know wearing a weight vest and wearing weights around my ankles and stuff to you know put more of a strain on my body to feel uncomfortable so that you know i can feel comfortable doing doing the burpees (laughs) Mm -hmm. no i was just gonna say it's really smart because uh and trying to do something that makes you uncomfortable so then what would make normal people uncomfortable becomes your comfort zone. So when you do yeah. that, 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 that burpee, uh, when you do the, the, the attempt, then, then it's going to feel like, Oh, it's just another day. Yeah. It's that whatever, whatever would make somebody at a 10. that's super comfortable. And I was saying this the other day on Instagram and I did a couple of videos was out for a run. And I said the whole thing, get comfortable with being uncomfortable is really big. Cause it, you know, we go through life in this whole, the homeostasis of just being at a five. You know what I mean? We are just so comfortable with being at a five that that is like the just people coast on that. But especially, obviously, Josh, you and I in our job that what we do is that you can't live at a five. You are literally screaming between a two and a 10 or possibly a 12 throughout your entire shift back and forth going between things. And sometimes, especially when it comes to any kind of uh, altercation fight, whatever it might be. And, and I'm sure, you know, obviously, Mitch, you're going to feel like you're in a fight when you're doing your 1000 burpees. That is going to be the fight of your life. I can only imagine it's just going to be mentally, physically exhausting, but it's getting comfortable with that uncomfortableness, which will make you so much more dangerous when it comes to attempts like this and so much more dangerous when it comes to taking on challenges and being able to take on challenges in your life. And that's something that I find members, you know, especially in first responders that we just need to do a little bit better with 
But again, that comes with a little bit of coaching. And when I want to talk about coaching and support throughout this entire thing, Mitch, you know, obviously you've had an incredible family that has you and are supporting you. But what is that support network looking like when it comes to the actual event? So what, what is the coaching? Do you have coaches there with you? Are, the, are your family going to be there with you for this event? Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you're totally right. You hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, I, you know, it sounds like I have a great family and whatnot. I, I do have. I'm very thankful for my family, and obviously, my mom and dad they support me in, in in anything I do, whether that's been hockey, you know, for most of my life, or or any school adventures that I'm, you know, I'm taking on, and and now this challenge as well. They've they've supported me, and and they've, uh, you know, they they they've always been there to you know help me and. And with, as Josh mentioned, with the counting, it's, you know, when I'm doing these, it's not so bad when I'm doing the circuits because I'm doing maybe sets of 100 so I can count to 100 in my head. But, you know, when I'm doing anything above 100, I'm focusing on my breathing. I'm focusing on my feet, making sure I'm crossing the line. I'm focusing on I'm keeping more upright so that, I'm you know, the reps are actually eligible. So when, when you add the counting on top of that, it's another thing that you have to be doing while putting yourself through this this workout so my mom and my dad have spent many hours up in our gym and pressing this little counting button and and I'm sure they get sick of it but you know that's just that's just one one very small area that they've helped me and when Josh was back like he said he he helped me with with the counting and we did some workouts together and you know I kind of went over a couple things with him and got got some really good feedback yeah, it, it, I can only imagine that it just the day in, day out, the grind of this whole thing. Because, and first off, you know, we didn't even go over it at the very beginning. When is the actual attempt? Yeah, the the actual attempt is is November the fifth. Now, for for anyone local on the island, um, it will be held um, at a public venue. I'm I'm not going to say where because we, it's not confirmed yet. But it's going to be hopefully somewhere in the Parkful or Nanaimo region. And we're hoping to get some some news outlets and some other. Uh, I'm not too sure if if it's still going to go ahead, but NPF said they they were going to try to get some people there on the day, but that's not confirmed yet either. Uh, but you know, if follow us on Instagram and and uh, and you'll definitely be able to get all the updates of the exact time and whatnot. But yeah, November fifth, that is the day. That won't change, but it'll be great to see um, you know the local support coming out. But on the actual day. It's a shame, but Josh won't actually be there. He won't be able to come back for that. He just couldn't. They're very short-staffed up in in Cape Dorset, but he'll definitely be watching via Zoom. And uh, mom and dad will be there live, but but it's a shame that Josh won't be. But he'll be he'll be watching via Zoom. I know that much. I can only imagine. Yeah. Even even just looking at how Josh is, you know, just listening to this and, and watching this whole thing, and I can see the pride kind of beaming out a little bit out of him. I and it, it's incredible to watch, and it, it's it, it's really good, and it's really wholesome to be able to see uh, brothers really tackling this whole thing. And it sounds like he's been kind of a mentor for you in the past as well, too. And, and Josh, what does this mean? I know obviously you're going to be up in Cape Dorset you're going to be about 18 feet under snow at, at that point and just literally be you know frostbitten from nose all the way to the back of your head but what does it mean unfortunately not to be there to see and to be around personally in person for your brother when he goes through this yeah for sure it's definitely uh heartbreaking for sure I, um I look to every single possibility of of being able to get back there for it, but I um I didn't know that this was occurring until I put my and my leave was already in, and, and as you know, it can can be very difficult to get time off as a, uh, in the in the line of work we do. 
but I'm going to be supporting him through through uh, you know Zoom or, or FaceTime. And uh, regardless, as long as there's not a gun call or something, then he's going to be, I'm going to be watching 100%. And even if there is a gun call, maybe I have to strap it to the vest, you know, in the, in the carbine pouch or something. So, because uh, you can't, can't, can't be missing anything here because it's going to be an amazing day for him. It's going to be the earpiece in one ear and it's going to be like another one of your earbuds in the other side, just listening to the whole thing go down. I, You know, it's yeah. it, it's so good that, you know, especially with technology these days, that you're going to be able to, to take advantage of the technology to be a part of this whole thing and what Mitch is actually going to be going through. And as a part of, again, what I'd like to go over this with you guys is... You know, obviously, we talked a little bit about the beginning, but tell me a little bit more, if you can, why the NPF Benevolent Fund? Why is this important to you? And, and why do you think this should be important to us, the listener, and who's going to be, you know, listening to this and talking about this and potentially going and supporting this fund? Yeah, for sure. And I can, I can always finish up after. Yeah, sounds, yeah. Well, like, like, you know, there was this, this kind of a couple couple reasons why why we decided to go with with the NPF, and I think Josh did touch on a few of them at the very beginning. But you know, when when we when I first came to Josh and I said, you know, I want to do something with the RCMP, we kind of explored different different options. But you know, the, the, as as I have you know now a brother in the RCMP, um, it kind of hits home more knowing that you know one day he may not come home, right? And and. I mean, it's very sad to say, but that is a reality that, you know, every single, you know, family member has to go through if if they have not only an RCMP member, but whether that be police or or, or fire. Right. So it's it's that that's kind of why I, I really wanted to choose something with the RCMP. And then with the with the benevolent, I think it's really cool to be a part you know, as I've teamed up with them, is there such it's not like that, you know, they, they haven't been around for 10 years. They. You know, it was only back in in 2020 that they actually launched. You know, to to assist the families of fallen on and off duty members um, serving as MPF members. So you know, they're they're a very new organization. So for me to, to try to get them, you know, some exposure and and hopefully raise some funds is is I think would be really cool because you know they with them themselves they support when when someone dies on or off duty they they financially support the family. And they also provide post-secondary financial funding for as well. So it's it's to me it's really important because, you know, I'm sure that there's lots of mums and dads and and whatnot that, you know, give their lives and 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 you know leave people behind and, you know that that takes a big chunk out of them obviously emotionally and then, you know, when they have to worry about the finances or what finances as well, it just doesn't seem right. So that's kind of why I. I, you know, we chose them. And, and, and it's a noble cause. And that's the thing. And it really comes out of this whole thing is that, uh, you know, you're doing something amazing. You're bringing this whole thing to the forefront, and especially because it's such a new fund in that, right? Is that we're, we're doing our best to be able to bring that out. And what you're doing here is absolutely incredible. First thing I'd like to do and talk about before we close out this whole thing is right now, what's the goal? Like, what, is there a goal that you have for, for the fundraising side of this whole thing and the charity side? And what is that goal that you've set so far? Yeah, I mean, to, to, if I'm completely honest, we haven't really set a a number as, as much money as we, you know, we haven't said, all right, we want to raise, you know, 10,000, 50,000, whatever it may be. We haven't set a number just because, you know, to us and for me, it's my first time kind of doing anything where, you know, you know, being in the public eye and, and I wasn't honestly really too sure how, 
you know, how, how everyone would, would respond and, and, and whatnot. So I haven't set or we haven't set a, a financial goal. It's just kind of, you know, if anyone, you know, you know, with, with, with the coronavirus and everything too, I didn't really want to put a number on it because I know that, you know, money isn't, isn't the easiest thing to give away, especially, you know, during a pandemic too. So awareness is another big thing too. I feel like, you know, for me, being a brother um, of someone in the RCMP, I didn't know what even the MPF was until Josh told me about it. So I just think exposure is huge as well as obviously the financial side as well, but just getting as many eyes and ears around the whole MPF and the Benevolent Foundation um, is, thing is very important as well. Yeah, and that, especially with Josh, and, and as a part of it and as a fellow member of the NPF, you and I, and obviously uh, Mitch being a part of it as an extended family. Josh, w- what are you guys doing to go and raise that awareness? Obviously, we're doing the attempt, you know, you guys are going through this whole event, but is there anything else you guys are doing on the side to be able to raise the awareness for the event itself, the attempt, and I'm going to say the successful attempt because I got a whole lot of, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think you can do it, man. Like if anybody's going to be doing it, I've been seeing some of the yeah. videos that you're up to. I, I got your back. You've probably got 20,000 members of the RCMP and the MPF on your, like just riding on your back. Not, not a whole lot of pressure, you know, that whole thing. But Josh, is there anything else that you guys are doing to be able to bring this out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on my personal social media account for every, I, I, I created a post, um, supporting Mitch and for every, um, for every share that gets on, on a story, I'm going to be donating, um, I can't remember exactly how much money it was, but a certain amount. Um, and then also our nonprofit consistency coaching is going to be donating uh, a large amount of money as well towards the, 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 the attempt. Yes. And, and we're promoting it through all, all social media uh, platforms. And as I know, Mitch is doing as well. Uh, we have a lot of friends and family that, that are in, in the RCMP that, and that I knew before I was a member and all across the world. So we're really trying to raise awareness and just raise as much money as we can without, you know, making it a burden on, on someone because there's no pressure for the for anyone. We we know that it's tough times for everyone across the world and and any 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 little bit is is helpful, but if you can't do that then as Mitch is saying, just share the post gets the awareness of of the amazing organization that that MPF is. So this is the part of the podcast because we've done this with the support retired legends as well in the episode that we did with them. This is the shameless plug time. This is what we do. This is a podcast. We have fun. We break the rules. We don't have to, you know, play by any rules necessarily in this whole thing. But this is where you get to plug this one. So Mitch, do your best sales pitch here. I want you to talk this up. Tell us where we can find your stuff. Where can we find the attempt? What can we do online? How do we get out there and how do we spread the word? And where do we find you on Instagram? Let us know what your tagline is. Let us know. Well, you, you can find me on Instagram at uh, mcook.fit. So that's M-C-O-O-K dot F-I-T. And uh, there, there'll be a link in my bio where you can you can donate to um, the, the, there's a link it takes you right to the NPF donation page itself and on that link you if you scroll down a little bit you know you can enter the the, the price uh, how much you'd like to donate and whatnot and like I said at the beginning if, if you do donate that's wonderful if you could just use the hashtag burpees GWR number four the fallen just so we can keep track of you know the money where it's coming from and whatnot. And I believe, and I'm almost certain that is you get a tax receipt with your donation as well. 
which is why we chose to do it through the NPF website itself compared to having a GoFundMe or a Facebook or something like that. And I know local locally, um, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm in the midst of organizing some some local smaller events. I know I'll be outside of Thrifty Foods at some point in the, in the next coming weekend. So if for the people that live on Vancouver Island in the Perksville and Nanaimo area, um, keep an eye out for that. Sorry, as well as I'm going to be doing some local events too where I'm being a public, public space, trying to bring some eyes, doing some burpees at some point. But to stay up to date, check out the Instagram. Fantastic. And well, Josh, you, you told you, sorry, hold on. You told me, Mitch, that the reason you were doing those burpees outside was to get the girls. But I mean, I mean, whatever, whatever works. But. Did you see, did you see that picture I used for the promo? It's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's full on ab stretch. It's, you know, the biggest beast move I've ever seen out there. And I'm like, you know what? That is the pose. No, we're not going to go battle ropes. We're not going to go like the mean looking Mitch out there. This is the best thing about you, Mitch, is you got a good personality on you. You got a good sense of humor and you know how to take a joke. But Josh, <laughs> hit me up because you said that there also, if, if for every like that you do with the post, that there's going to be a donation made. Josh, tell me what where that is and where people can find that. Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram handle, I actually had to look it up because I forgot what it was. Um, it's <laughs> just josh.cookie, like a, some, a cookie you'd eat, uh, 94. So josh.cookie94 is my Instagram handle. And then you can just find me on Facebook as well as Josh Cook. But yeah, if, if it's any any post that's shared via via the your story, we'll, we'll uh and, and it can be it's it's the post I I posted with Mitch. It's got the it's got the poster there. And in addition to that, consistency coaching is is also the the my our nonprofit that we run, which is also gonna be donating towards this this cause. And that can be found at just if you just search up consistency coaching, it's the only uh, it's the only one on there. But again, as Mitch said, uh, it's not it's not all about the money, but it obviously does help, and that's that's what we're rooting for. And 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 yeah, it's going to be an amazing day, and I just want to make make sure Mitch understands how proud you know not only I am of him, but I think everyone that wears you know a badge in, in Canada. Yeah, we're all super excited. And I know I'm going to be spreading this right across Canada. You know, the fall, small following that we have in the podcast, but it's going to get out there. The word's going to get out. We're going to push it out there because I think this is an amazing cause. I think this is an incredible feat. I think that you're going to absolutely smash it. So everybody that's listening, what I want you to do is on November 5th, if you ever want to get involved or anything like that, what I want you to do is I want you to check out Mitch's and Josh's Instagram accounts, follow the website, and on November 5th, you are probably going to hear about the biggest beast on Vancouver Island going after 1,000 burpees. And I again, it completely blows my mind that 1,000 burpees are going to be thrown out on that day. The record is going to be beat. Mitch, we have your back. Everybody out there, the Red Surge has got your back. Law enforcement, first responders are going to have your back, especially because of the cause that you're going and putting out there and putting on the front page of this whole thing. Guys, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. I have an absolute blast come, bringing you on and really getting this story out there. Everybody, closing words. Mitch, hit me with something. You just happy to be out here? Let's do it. <laughs> Josh, be safe out there, brother, up in Cape Dorset, man. I, I, I envy you. I'm jealous. I'm so excited that, you know, you're going to have a couple of years out there and probably going to have a ton of fun. Stay safe. Stay mentally sharp out there. And guys, check out the Unreasonable Grounds podcast at Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio app for new episodes. We're going to put some more content out there and we're going to have more episodes. And I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get down for that attempt on November 5th, 2021 on Vancouver Island at a hidden 
mystery location at this very point. <laughs> but I'm hoping we get this episode out before we have the opportunity to find out that location because it's going to be hilarious and it's going to be a big question mark on the poster as to where it's going to be. I bet it's going to be amazing, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time for us. It really means a lot to both of us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike. Everybody be safe out there. Lights, sirens, heroes. You're listening to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast.